Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. Brian and Chris here breaking it down for Work to Game, bringing you the MMORPG weekly news rundown. We've got a couple of topics to break down. As always, we're going to break these up into videos here on the channel. So if you guys like these live shows, want to tune in and weigh in on the topics at hand, join us live as we film these. We schedule these out and we'll get a little bit more consistent, we promise. If you guys are enjoying the MP3 and you feel like the podcast earns it, give it a review as well. Uh, you can get us uh, anywhere where podcasts are found at the Crystal Core Radio. Today we're talking about Blue Protocol, New World, and the Blue Mage for Final Fantasy XIV. Jokingly calling this the Blue New Blue podcast uh, because we got a lot to talk about. There's so many interesting moving parts going on within MMOs, and we thank you guys for joining us here or on Twitch as well. So, Chris, let's start with Blue Protocol. As you said, like what has the most interest for you? Uh, the, the reason why I want to talk to you about Blue Protocol, namely, is that this has been an MIA kind of game for over the last year and as somebody who is just really interested in a like when we look at Genshin when we look at Tower of Fantasy like there is I think a massive hunger for an anime MMORPG and Nam Bandai Namco has been developing this for a while but since COVID hit they've gone silent treatment and the last real official news outside of the stuff that we pull from their hiring pages and we pull from like the website adding in like bug reporting support is that will we actually get some official news we, we know that uh they've signed deals with china and with korea for publishing deals we don't know yet uh anything else and we do know like the last thing they actually officially announced was a fifth new class and uh and the game in and of itself has just been absolute quiet on the home front with TGS around the corner, uh, you know, speculation that we might actually hear from them. But obviously, you know what we talk about with Ashes. You know, you know, Pantheon. Like, there's MMO fever. There's a, there's a day where Star Citizen looks like the most capable game in the room. Yeah. Uh, and that's a weird feeling from the people who are on, like, their 12th beta and not in a Fortnite way. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I guess my first question is somebody that doesn't regularly cover it. Mm -hmm. Is at what point does it become that... Vaporware. distant distant thing that never actually releases like at what point do you start to lose a little bit of confidence like the hardcore fans people like you that are covering this mm -hmm. won't i mean people well, people were proud well. of it people were convinced anthem was there was a small group of people convinced anthem was going to make it while it was failing like it like they just kept believing it's gonna make it guys it's gonna make it but for the general audience the problem is once general sentiment moves to moving on that's really hard to come back from yeah. A Realm Reborn has done it, but that's why A Realm Reborn is kind of seen as that 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 star. It's that it's that shiny example yeah. of what should never happen. So, at what point does Blue Protocol start to suffer damage from having this little news? I, I think after twenty twenty four, specifically, because all of a sudden, like the worst case scenario for Blue Protocol for me personally, is that. I keep thinking Ash is a creation 2025. Like when everything, like the fact that Ash has just expanded the world to three times its size, the fact that they're hiring more people. Like I see within Ashes, like it is Ashes of red flags oh. and I want it to be successful. I want it to be great. Like I do, but it's like, expansion. I can't release the game and then triple the size with the expansion. Right. What are you doing? But within that like in that that context is that i think if the worst case scenario would be for blue protocol to go toe to toe with something that is ashes yes it's going to have its hype but you could easily see kind of the wind cut out of its sails now if they're not ready to show i honestly like in terms of like a strength imagine if they looked at the game and they say you know what this is a really good game that we could launch and then yes we would finish it later you know we would this is we've got the mvp they've done a couple of different betas and the general feedback from the betas was it's fun but it really needs a lot more content and i think content sure. ends up being king so if they were able to within the chaos of all of the last couple of years sit down and say okay listen okay now we can sit down and focus and i'm really actually trying to have the strongest launch and product possible rather than just try to get that mvp out of the door and fix it later and finish it later and add on to it later i think that ends up giving them a good strength but after 2024 then you start really getting into competing with other bigger longer projects and i do i think blue protocol could survive and make it in that absolutely i think you 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 come out and you keep releasing content but i still think that it's ultimately going to be something that you know what when there's nothing else coming out and you could be kind of the the show for a little while you know why not be able to take advantage of and capitalize on that um and that's just kind of how i think about it after 2024 even 
those like myself who are rooting for it and you know like excited for it will absolutely start to be like well there's obvious like you tell me if, if you're going to be ready like you had a couple betas and it's been you know in this case a couple years you know i there there would that would start to really signal a real big problem right now the the easy conclusion is covid changed how your your working environment is set up then you sat how you sat down and said you know we really probably don't have enough content to really satisfy gaming populations especially when you look at things like new world and like any kind of mmo launch like you have that locust wow mentality of consume the entire game as quickly as possible and then be upset that there is nothing left to do in the game um you know so i'm, I'm thinking and hopeful that it's going to be kind of one of those those situations but that means and that would assume that if it's going to be a 2024 launch that they have to start communicating about the game and its plans sometime in 2023 so i don't personally like the the topic here at hand is I don't personally think we might see anything about this game even at TGS this year. And I see a lot of people putting expectations on it that they might see something at TGS this year, which ultimately then means that are they burning credit by not just being trans, you know, like being a little bit more open? Are they, are they withdrawing some of the, the people who are actively like, we want to know more about this game and yet they don't come out with any kind of news, but that's, that's the, that's the TLDR in a long way. I think elders, elder scrolls, um, six, has had a huge advantage of being silent we know it's being worked on but by being silent for years of development now they've allowed themselves to get distanced from all of the fallout frustration mm-hmm. uh i think diablo 4 keep your mouth shut right now um anything you say right now links that game to diablo immortal mm-hmm. keep your mouth shut so anything that comes out about diablo 4 right now i think is a mistake you, you gotta just let that let that simmer out because Diablo Immortal is not doing the franchise any favors. And I hope it's cashing in a big payday only because otherwise it did nothing. Right. So like, otherwise Blizzard got nothing. So I hope they at least got paid, um, which looks like the original goal. The original goal looks like we want to take a long time developing Diablo 4. We want to use a relatively young staff to take the franchise in a new and a direction that will take it into its next chapter. Um, we want to build something that can be as iconic as Diablo 2 was and that's going to take money. And so we found this little company over here that makes mobile apps and they're going to monetize our franchise for us and put it on, put it on phones. It's no big deal. Uh, and then it didn't turn out to be, oh, it's just a small little cash grab. It turned out to be a lot bigger deal. Um, and so I think distance any news from that. So with when it comes to this, like I think announcing early only frustrates people. It's, it feels really good at the time, mm-hmm, yeah. right? But you think back to like Final Fantasy 15, mm-hmm. where they talked about it for like, I don't know, 15 years. Uh, <laughs> and then Final Fantasy was yeah. talking about for 16 years. Yeah. We told you in the number. Uh, and so I, I think there is some frustration there. I think Ashes of Creation has a really uphill battle because of how much they've told us and they've they've said with very little like open public action to back up the level of talk instead of it just now is it a good game is it not a good game it's now is it the greatest game of all time or is it not Mm -hmm. and so like they've upped the stakes on their own game um so transparency as you get closer to release i think is absolutely necessary yeah uh guild wars 2 doesn't do that like like they're just like oh yeah there's a patch with um with new content when is it 37 minutes from now uh like they don't do any (laughs) hype whatsoever yeah marketing yeah like like none and and it's it's like apex legends every time like their own fans are like brian brian i know you have a big birthday party coming up i'd love to have some people over can you tell me when you're gonna have the party lunch good i can't get people here by lunch uh and so it's really frustrating with guild wars to go the other way yeah where it's like it's a great game and we want to hype your game and you literally don't give us enough notice and that could be the strength that we're actually looking at right now especially because there is this cabal of people who are like this game's been canceled and they just don't they're not telling us that it's been canceled and it's just like i can't subscribe to that theory like i'm not seeing like i'm seeing them hiring a global you know person a global community lead for blue protocol like we're seeing them hire and bring in and ultimately like when I, what i've stated a couple like exactly it's like don't sit here and just announce you know like oh and now we have like you have so much right when apex legends dropped they just were like and here's a here's a battle royale 
ready to rock and roll and go and that basically especially within mmos it i think it prevents a lot of people from sitting down and creating this you know like this narrative that necessarily is or is not true and so my hope is that yeah be quiet like sit here put get all your ducks in a row so that when you're ready to turn on marketing and pr you're not asking the player base to have to wait you know another two or three years because if let's say they do come out at tgs and say here's blue protocol releasing in 2026 it's like why do you tell me like you know like that's that's so far away trade right yeah. Especially if you have something to trade on. So like Bandai Namco is a trusted name. They're yeah. publicly traded, so they would have to disclose to shareholders. I don't think they could just stretch a project on and continue paying people and internally it's canceled. Mm-hmm. Like I think somewhere in there they get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, but like like Final Fantasy, for example, you have an IP to protect, as opposed to like we all can make jokes about ashes, but they're they're trading on they're trading on nothing. So it's like New Hopium. World, right? New World yeah. New World was nothing. They they it's it's a new studio, it's a new IP. And so like if you screw up the hype cycle or if you screw up the marketing on one of these newer games, it's not as big of a deal. But with something like Bandai Namco, where I think you're you're continually trying to say, Hey, we're Bandai, you can you can trust us. We're gonna do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, or like Final Fantasy, right? We've got Yoshi P working on Final Fantasy sixteen it's a bit higher stakes of a game because if you mess up the marketing and the hype cycle and you get us in a spot where final fantasy 16 underwhelms and then because of the way you manage the i mean that was the whole problem with no man's sky right if it had been an indie developer over marketed or under marketed no man's sky it mm-hmm. is what it is it's that you attach sony's name to it so so it's like no you guys should have known better this isn't some like random group where it's like, hey, three guys in a bar in a college bar decided to make a game together and they screwed up the marketing. Right. Whatever. Like the game released. Like good for them. Um, this is like, no, no, you have a marketing agency with like people who this is their whole job and they have a career in this. And it's like how it how it gets to that point. Um, there's a little less slack in the line from us as the community when like a multi-million dollar marketing agency screws up something on a on a multi-billion dollar publisher um so i would expect with bandai namco which is i mean a fairly well household name within the space i would Mm -hmm. expect them to to manage this well and to understand how to manage a launch when do you tell people things yeah uh and you're right 2020 may have kicked the schedule out uh you give them to 2024 in my mind i hear that as january 1st uh that you're saying i'm giving you all the way through the winter of 2023 every day after that yeah, you're you're now you're now withdrawing from this this bank, which it, it, everybody's going to have that different level of investment that they that they give a company. Companies earn that trust, like Yoshi P. Uh, sit and spin, saying like Yoshi P's got to be one of the hardest people working in the industry, you know, in and of itself. And I'm sure that there are definitely people who work just as hard as him. But obviously, within our wheelhouse, like yeah, we sitting with Yoshi P, talking with Yoshi P, like the guy is a workhorse and i just hope that he gets rest because that is you know the the reality of life we're all running against our own physical capabilities as we talked about a little bit in the pre-show yeah and so when it comes down to that they're like bandit namco trusted name hardworking. you know like they've all they've also earned a lot of trust especially off the back of from software within that wheelhouse and elden ring so i don't think they're hurting for money so there's no also absolute need to rush but i think you're right like at some point in like maybe yeah january 1st 2024 they're going to start deducting from this it's like guys at least just give us some form of like an announcement of terms of like guys listen like we're going to make sure that this is right we are still working on it but we we've got to do some retooling we got to do some rethinking on this and we will let you that way people or if it is canceled, just be like, sorry, guys, like this isn't coming together the way we want, uh, you know, best of luck to you. So that way you don't end up having these people just then getting frustrated over something that isn't necessarily true. My personal hope, though, especially considering with obviously COVID and how things, you know, that shaked up the industry quite a bit. And as people had to learn how to do more remote work, Final Fantasy went through this uh, immensely. But because of how Yoshi P runs his studios and and planning, they were the least impacted by it in the in the grand scheme of things, because everybody was like why isn't nobody else releasing content and meanwhile 14 is still chunking it out um you know on a on a schedule the um they said, I canceled hope... some of the more private things right they did like the but nothing they announced internally well right so they just pushed that out they just pushed that out it, but that's actually kind of nice you have enough is, other things yeah that everything's like okay we can kind of get this to work and make sure that there's still stuff for our, our for our base to do you know we want to give them especially something during this time 
my personal hope though is that we see them shift to unreal 5 like we've seen ashes shift to unreal 5 and it's just namely because of a the tools the coordination and when you start to think of the life of an mmorpg like if you're sitting here saying like oh this game's been out for five years and now there's an engine upgrade oh that's a lot of work and testing and we don't know if we're going to get the value in it or you're saying hey our mmo isn't coming out for another year or two hey, this engine upgrade's already out and people are really taking advantage of it. Should we also, because Blue Protocol is Unreal Engine 4 announced, and now Unreal Engine 5's out, and it seems like that's actually uh, a boon in terms of your development, your your coordination and, and workflow, let alone the features that it offers in terms of that. But obviously as an anime stylized MMO, there's a lot of strength already in that. Because like when we look at, you can say World of Warcraft isn't a beautiful game, but it's like, it still is from an artistic area. Like you could always kind of, you know, people want to see something more, but I think the it's stylized nature has helped it age much better than something yes. like, you know, if you were going to go with a photorealistic game that, you know, in a hundred, in, in 10 years, you're like, this isn't photorealistic. It was at the time. Wow. But now it's like, okay, like what, what is it? And so it's art direction, I think is also going to be a huge strength for the life of the game itself. And so with an MMO, you think beyond launch, you got to think what's your you one. You had to what's apologize in advance for saying, Hey, the graphics update is going to leave us with some weird moments where there's some th textures that have been upgraded and some haven't, it's not going to look good. Mm -hmm. You had to apologize in advance. World of Warcraft wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. If they go through and just start remastering cloaks from vanilla they don't even have to announce it they could just drop those in the game because yeah. that over stylized appearance same with like borderlands cell shaded um that art direction has has given them a lot of advantages it's yeah. given them some disadvantages right it's hard to believe the emotions in a cutscene with an over stylized cartoony character so like when they've tried to tell deep meaningful stories it gets a little quirky but um but they definitely there's pros and cons yeah um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I think with um, with Blue Protocol, it just every time we bring it up, it's like, but I don't know what we've really learned here. My my final right. question for it is: Have they have they collected any money from anybody yet? No, no, they haven't taken a dime. Uh, which is I, I and they've announced it as a free to play, but I'm secretly hoping that like with everything, they just go and go to a buy to play model, uh, namely because it's like when you look at the bot problems with it, like every MMO has bot problems. In fact, I'll see that brought up a lot. People are like, oh, it's just bots. Like, you know, Lost Ark is, is a good example. And while, yes, there are a lot of bots in Lost Ark, the cost of botting is so much lower because there's no cost of entry. And then yet it's like when somebody's like, oh, there's a bot in 14. Huh, thanks. Like, <laughs> like they're supporting the game. They bought the game in some in, in some form or fashion. Or, you know, or they're like paying us and yeah, until they're doing, doing PvP. I, I'm not saying like I'm advocating for bots. I'm just saying that I would rather a bot come into 14 than into to Lost Ark because 14 means that at least they handed Square Enix some money and maybe in indirectly some way that we, they benefit everybody and then they get banned and then they just go give them money again. So it's kind of that, that you know, revolving door. Me, do you there's get what some, I'm saying there? There's some gold makers in, uh, in World of Warcraft that have joked that thank goodness for bots because bot accounts in order to gather effectively there's this mount you want and so bots come in and they they buy a gold token and then they purchase that mount because it makes you better at gathering mm -hmm. and then they go out and gather and then they get banned and then they create a new account and they rebuy the mount and they're like it creates a perpetual demand for that mount so you make them a ton of money off selling that mount thank goodness for bots like because because otherwise there's only a finite demand because once you have the the mount it's account wide so you can only sell it to every character that's created but like bot accounts, those are endless. Um, so there's a lot of frustration with bots in games. But if you do look for that silver lining in games where there is a pay structure, it's it's at least giving us right. At least you're getting something. At least the developers getting money. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, if they're just taking, taking, taking and, we're, and nobody's winning, it just feels hopeless. Yeah. All right. So, guys, uh, let us know what you think, especially about the state of Blue Protocol. Are you expecting that we're going to see information at TGS? Are you, like me, having some kind of date that you're kind of saying, like, okay, this is kind of a line in the sand, um, you know, moment and see if that starts counting down. So let me know. Obviously, when we start actually getting news, if that, you know, if that day does come, I still, I think that starts filling back up that bank. So even if they withdraw everything at some point, you're like, oh, we're ready. Now it's 2026 and stuff like that. Like, 
I'll absolutely check out the game from everything I've already seen, but I'll stop being so connect, like worried about, it. you know, it's like, all right, cool. We haven't heard anything, et cetera. So let us know in the comments. And if you guys haven't already hit that like button, subscribe and share for more uh, work to game content, but let's transition right now into uh, our second main topic for uh, today's show. And that's new world. So guys, welcome to uh, the, the, this highlight video uh, as we, as we kind of create these live for the live show. Uh, we're talking about New World breaking another record week over week uh, to catch Chris up to speed. Uh, Brimstone Sands was announced and the summer medley fair, which was going on this summer, which is kind of a big piece of content. Uh, that's a seasonal piece of content uh, turned itself off. You know, like that was wrapping up September 6th. And I was wondering, I was like, well, we're going to see less people because yeah, a little bit of content kind of wrapped itself up. We see seasonal events and MMOs all the time, but this one was kind of a big one, had music. It had this whole, you know, collection and fishing kind of, you know, uh, seasonal event. And uh, no, we actually saw quite the opposite. We saw them add in more servers over the weekend uh, for EU. Uh, EU's uh, really growing fast. We've seen them increase the overall capacity up to 2,500 now. So it started at 2,000. And then every weekend, we've seen them increase the server capacity for the amount of people who could be logged on simultaneously. So per new, server. Per server. Uh, yep. And so we finally saw them actually break over 40,000 concurrent players uh, this weekend, the previous uh, record was 36, and that was set last weekend. And the previous from that has just been stepping itself up week over week over week. A lot of people are having fun. A lot of people are excited. A lot of people are frustrated because they're still like in a queue. And, and they're like, wait a minute, why am I waiting in this queue? And so a lot of speculation, especially as they build up to the big update set for October, is like... Sure. Will we see, you know, even more servers? Will we see the uh, server cap increase even more? Will we see new, uh, bigger records being set by uh, this once thought, or, you know, from a YouTube perspective, dead MMO, MMO players that are actually like in the know, they're like, what are you talking about? Like game's doing fine. Um, Chris, does, is this news exciting to you? Uh, like, I, obviously you are, uh, you know, like me, like you're my, like I play Guild Wars 2, like you play New World, like very occasionally. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, content's king. Um, in the last video, I mentioned No Man's Sky from a launch perspective as an example of something that kind of tarnished a good name because it got linked to Sony and the marketing aspect of it got mishandled. But No Man's Sky, for the purpose of this video, I would like to note, really turned itself around and became quite the game through just good content. And mm -hmm. yes, the internet as a whole decided it was dead and it was this failure and this meme, but through just plugging away and putting out brilliant, slow, steady updates, um, the core fan base has grown and people are really happy with it. New World can experience that as well. You can you can recover from bad reputation through just outlasting um, yeah. as as the haters get tired of hating and move on. The bad reputation kind of fades away and all that's left is first impressions. And if your first impressions from a certain date moving forward are always positive, eventually the number of people that have been around since kind of the good news trajectory um, that's all that's left. And so then somebody knows, shows up and it's like, oh, wow, everybody seems really happy with this because it's been long enough without a mistake that there isn't that much animosity left in the air. Mm -hmm. um, not that there's not anybody that hates the game, but those people have moved on to other games. Yeah, uh, it would be better to never have the down cycle, but that's really hard in MMOs because they get this huge initial surge. They'll never maintain that. Um, when Ashes of Creation launches, it'll have 10 million concurrence or something stupid. And then and then six weeks later, it'll be down to 100,000 and people will be like, failure. Mm. But like, it's not a failure. It'll be it'll be down right. to like an actual healthy, sustainable number. Th that's um, that's actually one of the like a really good point, because I like I've always argued that it's that people say it's lost players. I'm like, it's never actually had those players like hype is a hell of a drug. Like people are just like, all right, I'll throw 40 bucks at this and and try it out and see what I think. And you, sure. there's also a part of like wanting to be a part of like the crowd, like, oh my gosh, everybody's playing this game right now. Is this the next big, not even just MMO, the next big it's thing. fun. Right. Even if I don't intend to stick around, like I hope that New World, you know, I hope when a new MMO launches that it launches during a down cycle for 14. So I can go over there, even if I intend to come back to 14 on the next patch, like I may already have an exit date, no matter how good it is, I'm out on the 18th. Mm -hmm. like, that's fine. I just want to be there. That week one is so fun. Um, so it's good to see them continuing to launch updates. What I will say from a data point standpoint, mm -hmm. the pessimist in me. So since Brian is representing the really good sides, just to make it clear, I like New World. I'm rooting for them. I have a lot of fun when I'm in it. But Brian represents all of my positive feelings and more. So to kind of focus on like the negative side of it, yeah. Um, my question to you would be like, 
were there drop campaigns going on at the same time? Was there marketing campaigns going on at the same time? Were there sales for the game at the same time? Was there anything else that could be driving growth besides just organic joy? So uh, the drop campaigns did turn off prior to this. Okay. And interestingly enough, the they, the game was on sale, but not it, like the, the sale ended prior to this newest okay. surge. So I think in part is just the fact that when you look at what and there's there's a, there's another pillar of MMOs. Yoshi P actually talked about this specifically, kind of to relate this to Final Fantasy. Because one of the things also I find as just an aside, just to seed this into everybody's mind for later, is that New World and Final Fantasy 1.0 like have so much actually in common, both in terms of things that they tried to do, where New World actually succeeded on those things and 14 actually did not. A lot of people say that New World needs an ARR moment. It needs to really go back and rework it. And it's like, actually, it delivered on what 1.0 did not. Uh, it does have problems and those problems have been addressed. And to actually address here in chat, like regarding the leveling process, they were rolling out within October a 1 to 25 leveling experience that is like i think people will really like it final fantasy 14 players will really like it the next phase of that is also just as critically important but we don't know when the 26 to 60 leveling and story process sure. brings in but i'm telling you like it felt like i was playing a very beautiful voice acted like spare no expense final fantasy you know that we all have been wanting them to do to arr but all that being said is that when it comes to that experience all those things got turned off that this pillar I think is the promise of a future, the hope of a future, the hype of a future. And so what you're seeing, I think happen is that since they've just announced brimstone and Scott, the, the lead director, he's teasing even bigger announcements. It, like I, my, some of my contacts are like, we can't tell you what's happening, but you know, get ready. And I said, guys, if y'all are announcing an expansion at any point in time soon, if you think 36 and 40,000 returning at any one point in time is big, you better have your servers ready because it's like people off of just a news of an of a, of an expansion right. will be like, oh, I want to come back and, and and see what's all changed. I want to be ready for the expansion. Like that's what we see within 14. As soon as they announce 7.0, like the only exception here, and I'm, I'm actually I want to get Chris's thought here is that when I look at the numbers since they did their PVP remap rework, 14 is holding on to a hundred like so many more people than they ever have in their in in the kind of the history of kind of the the drop from point out to, to point five like we're actually seeing so much more retention what do you think that's gonna vary so like oceanic as a community has a less engaged pvp base mm -hmm. um so that's gonna vary by by region uh how engaged with that they are how much pvp is doing the heavy lifting and you're starting to see at this point like if something from 6.2 doesn't grab you we are starting to see the drop off of 6.0 features mm -hmm. yeah um at this at this point like people have grinded they you know they've hit a thousand matches of crystalline conflict they've done they've maxed all their gatherers so I, I think we're starting to enter a more typical just standard healthy st portion of, of 14 where i think a lot of people feel very very comfortable taking breaks right now that's not mm -hmm. a bad thing right but it does mean that those concurrents are probably falling to a more sustainable level um but all that does is mean that it's really fun you know we had some people in chat today saying they were coming back and and some have been away as as long ago as 6.0 like windex um others have just been a gone away for a few weeks at a time so it's 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 been an easier time to take breaks um i think that there's been plenty to do as well i mm -hmm. think that with when you talk about new world though you're not comparing it to 14 where that right. break is a more intentional decision of do i turn on or off my sub right um i think it's much closer to guild wars where you can just literally mm -hmm. update your client and say i'm gonna play and then you just hop in yeah uh, and so if they're going to the if the new player experience is to 25 and then you don't like what's after that. You could say, you know what? All right. Let me know when 26 comes out Boom. and then you just hop in then. So like you can come and go freely. Um, and that's why I asked about those other campaigns because yeah. now the question is not, will they ever come back? But why now, why is now the time to come back as opposed to like from a buy to play, there is a question of like, if there's not FOMO, right. what makes me come back to a game I've already purchased as opposed to just, like I could just wait another month. Right. That's one of the things that I've, that's where, when I was like kind of breaking down my analysis and my, especially my video about why everybody's wrong about new world. I see like all these big creators and they're all kind of saying the same thing. And then I see that sentiment echoed. But then when I just go look at the number and actually what people and gamers are saying is like, I was like, no, new world actually has something special. Like one of the things that a lot of people remark on is the sound design, how immersive the game feels, how fun it is. 
but how many th- features aren't missing or content is, is lacking or they're like uh, the general complaint ends up being not that the game isn't beautiful or fun. It's just like, oh, I really wish it had more content. I really wish it had more things for me to do. And I was like, that's actually something that I didn't hear any of the other like, you know, MMO commentators actually kind of hit on in terms of kind of a grand scale. And it's like, that's a good key point. OK, people are having fun, but they want more things to do. Content is king. OK, cool. And then the devs are communicating, which essentially in my mind was like, they're following kind of a 14 model of keeping us up to date, like not leaving us in the dark, addressing the hard conversations about certain things. Okay. That's important. Oh, and they're releasing updates all the time, you know, and then, you know, okay, consistent. Like we, we could start to build out, you know, an expectation of what's to come. And so why now, why people are returning? It's like, Hey, I like, the game is in its best presentable state. In fact, when people come back, the number one thing they say is, man, if it launched like this, like, oh my gosh, it would be so much bigger and better. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe, you know, like I still think it would have had a massive drop. I still think it would have gone through, you know, the death spiral that MMOs go through because then people start saying what people are leaving. Oh, the game must be bad because people are leaving. So I still think all of that would have been true. And then people would say, oh, it still needs more content. And then that is something that just comes with time. But I think what you're looking at is that brimstone sands as a piece of content and then whatever else they've got set for the next whatever's ever happening after this whether it's no manning sky where it's like here's our next year's roadmap and here's all the content you can expect within it or if they do like here's our expansion like whatever model they end up going with like i think that in and of itself says okay they're actually really in it they're really here for the for the long haul and because i think there's an aspect of like trust that has to be built and ags launching a game that didn't have any nostalgia. It wasn't built off of an established IP. Like it had a lot of things going out against it. And I was like, all of these factors are going to leave, have people leave because they won't know if AGS means what they mean when they say they're going to work on this game for 10 years, they have a 10 year plan. Like, does that mean anything to you? Cause Anthem had a 10 year plan and they were all like, here's our next phase and here's what we're working on. And then eventually they're like, "Never mind. happy anniversary on the anniversary of the game. They said, you know what? Nope. <laughs> We're Destiny not just... gets a new 10-year plan every year. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um... But, they, but the fact that Destiny <laughs> keeps putting out content is like, I don't, okay, cool. It helps. Um, yeah, it does. It helps. And so the fact that I think they've consistently put out content, communicated that... Destiny about to go into another expansion. Yeah. Uh, in February 28th, the uh, Lightfall. Uh, adding in a new power, adding in a new uh, new zone and area, like a like a technological city that we're now discovering. Honestly, I'm excited. I love Destiny, but it's a game that, just like with that, like there's no sub. So outside of buying the expansion, it's literally like you just update your game and jump back in and see what's going on. Um, so I think also the ease that there's no subscription fee. So like when people say, should I come back? I go, well, if you ever had fun, like now is a great time to come back. They, got, they have so much actually going for it with the group find. Like there's so many nice quality life features and content that's been added that if you've been away for a while it is a good experience to return right now on top of that i i get to say you know what and maybe in about four to six weeks we're getting a whole new zone like there's all this other stuff to be excited about it just feels like it's a it's an easy sell because then i go you already own it right and they're like yeah just update like there's nothing like and if you're not having fun okay what like you, you spend a couple hours and you're like all right and it's still not what i'm looking for but then I, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I'm not, I, I played, didn't like that game. Yeah. Let me go play this game. I played three different games in game pass this weekend. One of them I played for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and I uninstalled it immediately. Cause I knew it wasn't for me. Yeah. I, I didn't have anything invested. Um, and so that's really nice about buy to play games. It's same with guild wars. As soon as you're in, you're in and you're set and you could hop in and come and go as you please. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm really, excited about that it's good that they're doing well um when i heard those numbers i just questioned in my head like are they padding those numbers and the way you would pad those numbers is is you would give the game at half off you mm-hmm. would give an immense reward for logging back in you would put a seasonal event or something that has an element of fomo and then you would put dro- drops and stuff like that on content creators to help drive traffic and if you did all those things simultaneously and then you're like wow the numbers are up well it must be yeah. fun yeah Maybe, yeah. uh, or maybe you just incentivize the crap out of it. And that's actually like uh, really interesting because all of that <laughs> stuff turned off like going into last week. And so we were like, well, is that, was that previous sure. week that very hype? And now we've seen with the drop campaigns off with the discount removed with like the seasonal event gone, the, the numbers actually went up even Those higher. Oh, they're it important. Just, it's hard well, to separate, hard and, to separate, yeah. you know, if and there's, the, if there's 10 variables, yeah. it's hard to isolate. And that's where actually I want to kind of get kind of maybe is to see about some speculation 
on your view as a casual new world player versus mine and seeing if we like wherever we end up in the ballpark because brimstone sands is in october they turned all these things off we have yet to see another like there's a there's a mystery announcement in our future but then essentially they still haven't even turned on marketing and so i feel like they like if they get all their ducks in a row whether brimstone sands is out like what would be your prediction in terms of concurrency growth uh, for New World here by the end of October? Like, do you, where would you put their theoretical cap, assuming they continue the, the process that they're continuing and assuming and, and when they turn on those marketing things, if we were already seeing 40 at the current level of growth? I think two it's, to four X, whatever their average over the last year has been. Mm -hmm. Right. And so relevant to yourself, like if your game has a thousand players and through a series of updates and positive feedback from the community, mm -hmm. you're at four X or five X. I think that's really exciting, even though it's, it's only 5,000 and we're talking about games that talk in hundreds of thousands or millions. You know, if, if Brian puts out a game and he's got 10 players worldwide and he puts out an expansion, it's got a hundred. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and so I would say like, before we talk about theoretical cap, I would distance myself from the actual number because I think that starts to take away from the real joy of it. If it's okay. at, if it's at two X where it is, that's yeah. amazing. Oh, Regardless yeah. of if that number is a fraction of insert other game here. Right. Uh, well, this other game I play is way bigger. I don't care. Like we're talking about <laughs> growth. We're talking yeah. about like how many new faces are in, how many returning faces are in, how many people are having fun that a week ago weren't having fun and are now mentioning at work or at school or with their friends or they're on Xbox game chat playing some other game and they go, yeah, I was playing New World earlier today. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'll probably play that after I get off of this game we're playing together. Um, I think that's that's the real organic thing there. And mm -hmm. so my question is like, how many new and returning players can they get? Um, can they get 2X their player population? Can they get 3X their player population? So if they if their average player population over the last 12 months has been 20,000 concurrence, mm -hmm. can we can we see them hit 60? Can yeah. we see them hit 80? I think that's incredible because the number gets big enough at that point, you know for a fact it's not the average people because there aren't enough right. average people. Right, right, right. Um, I think that'd be really exciting for them. Yeah, I think that actually, that, that that's right in line with essentially some of the private conversations I've, I've had where it's like, okay, yeah. Because when you start to think about 2 to 4X, like that actually gets into some i think some actually really big numbers and that it'll be interesting to see regardless of the number right what the conversation then translate transitions into because you'll still have the haters you'll still have people who don't like new world and they're going to let you know about it they let me know about it they've let me know about it for the last year and then my response is like well why are you on this new world channel like why well you're you're actively like trying to you know it is just humanity right at, at its worst but the um in that regards, like it'll be interesting to see what the overall algorithmic con, uh, you know, content shifts to, because then is everything like, oh my gosh, New World did it. Because like I still think that after this, there will still be a dip. There will still be big games that come out. There will still be kind of seasons in which the other expansions drop. 14's dropping content, Wild drops content. Like the ebb and flow ends up being it. But the question ends up being is like, okay, if they're able to draw in more people and are excited and has a future. You know what is the new floor i actually that's kind of usually what i look at what ends up being the floor we actually i could say we have a floor for new world it's not a bad floor but it's like do we end up seeing a new floor set sometime after the hype and after the initial content drop as people come back and play the new experience and say oh that's great i love this i'll be back when they finish this experience through the next leg that like this is really truly amazing you know like what kind of what does those numbers end up looking so it isn't about for me the two or the four x in terms of the the concurrency it's the okay after all of that is said and done where does it kind of settle down into as it gets back into its into its like okay regular scheduled you know here we got a new dungeon this this come this coming month and you know or whatnot etc so it's gonna be interesting um any final thoughts on on new world before we transition to blue uh mage conversation no let's go talk about blue mage all right Guys, if you're joining us in this video itself, thank you so much. Be sure to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel for these or join us as a part of these live shows as we have a really great time. All links are everywhere. You can find us if you want us in this regard. But today we're actually talking about the Final Fantasy XIV Blue Mage. Um, as we are now deep into the patch 6.2 cycle, that's when we're recording this video, uh, and looking forward to what's coming with 6.3 and 6.4, 
Um, you know, there's a lot to be excited about, but the question remains is when will we see Blue Mage actually receive its next kind of bit of content, its next bump in its level? Um, when did we actually see the last one? Was it in, uh, was it five, one or five, two, Chris? So I'll let you pull that up while I pontificate. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't have that anywhere. So it was traditionally it was, it was added in the four series in sometime in shadow, uh, Shadowbringers. They bumped up its level, uh, which it was added is late in Stormblood, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, story. It was, it was a fan Stormblood fest announcement. Yeah, and it was, it was a fan added fest in... announcement, and it dropped same expansion. Yeah, and so it was at the end of the expansion, and so then they said, "Hey, with the patches, we'll see its level cap increase, etc." We did eventually see that in Shadowbringers. I I do feel like it was in in five two. two. Yeah, I, I do I feel like that's when it was, and now we're already in six two. So the question is, will we see a Blue Mage edition in six three? Is that the time to do it? Um, because that's essentially uh, how how it works. And chat's actually saying uh, six point uh, five point three because they had to delay uh, because oh, of uh, of the of the virus. So um, that could actually be kind of true. So we could probably speculate that six point three might be when we see the Blue Mage get updated yet again. Um, but it already feels like such a powerhouse of a job in and of itself. So I think it's power level going all the way to, to 80 would be pretty ridiculous. What do you think? So they announced it at FanFest. FanFest typically happens during the 0.4 patch. And so mm -hmm. it first released in patch 4.5. Um, we don't remember when it released in 5. We're here, you know, we thought 5.2. Somebody saying 5.3. Fido saying 5.4. Um, either way, released sometime in Shadowbringers. We got an update to 70. Now, what is exciting about 70 was that was the first time that we saw it in all of its glory. Um, everything up to 70 was pre-designed. When they first announced it at FanFest, they said they had all the abilities to 70 already set in stone. And so when we all made up our minds whether or not we liked it at 50 or at 60 or at 70, like that's that's not really the point, right? Because we're all seeing partial pictures. But at this point, we've seen everything in its original intent, which means the next round is the first round that in its entirety could have benefited from community feedback. Maybe there were some adjustments to the other stuff, but this is the first step that would be entirely done after the original release. So they would have all that feedback in mind. Um, and that's really exciting. So the next 10 levels is going to be, in my mind, an inherently different meaning for what a limited job is, because uh, it changes it moving forward. It's a, it's a big, big difference. Um, now, last October at the Media Tour, uh, there was a question offhand by, I believe, one of the Spanish-speaking creators to um, one of the community team members. So it wasn't like a big Yoshi P media tour interview question. So we didn't get a lot of feedback. Just saying like, hey, you guys didn't really mention Blue Mage. What's the deal with Blue Mage? And they said there will be a Blue Mage update in Endwalker. Um, and that was about it. It was just confirmation that the content was coming. Uh, and, and that's all we got. We just got confirmation that it will get what we assume is another 10 levels, what we assume is another round of spells, what we assume is getting it into that kind of Shadowbringers content. The question is when. Um, 5.2 is going to introduce the Criterion and Variant system as well as the next round of Savage. So something for everybody. 5.3 is going to add Deep Dungeon and a new Ultimate and new Alliance Raids and start the Relic. So I think it's a fairly loaded patch. 5.4, we assume we would get another FanFest during that cycle if we're going back to FanFest. Uh, and so it looks like that's why we're all remembering different dates. So we went to 60 and to 70 during the 5.0 series. That's why we're all confused because there were two Blue Mage updates. That makes sense. Uh, and so the... Um, it looks like if I had to guess, I would put it in 6.4 or 6.5, uh, where we will get new Island Sanctuary updates, new variant uh, Criterion Dungeon updates, but we don't have anything truly new slated for those patches. We'll get our final round of Savage during there. We'll get our final round of Alliance raids, but it's all continuations on existing content. So I think that's the time, in my opinion, to introduce something like truly standalone new. Would this also be the time to introduce something like a Puppet Master or Beastmaster uh, around the same time, maybe with a FanFest style announcement? Now we're getting really hypothetical. Um, so getting wildly tinfoil hat on, uh, how do we go from there? I don't, I don't have any tinfoil here. Um, as we get wildly kind of tinfoil hat here. So um, so I've got my, my green screen hat here. So I would say that if we're going to add another limited job, I would introduce the new blue mage in the point four. And then if it were me at FanFest, I would say, I heard you guys like limited jobs, plural. What if we gave you puppet master in point five? Yeah. I'd, I'd personally love that. 
Um, because that's one of the things you and I have remarked on multiple times, namely in that it's a limited job system. Like it only it, that equals blue mage. So if you don't like it, so a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't like the limited system because I don't like blue mage. And then all of a sudden right. maybe they introduce puppet master. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh man, this opens up the game to be able to play it in broken and different unique ways. Like, let's go, let's have some fun. Like I would love it, especially if they like, especially the name, ne- like whether they go back and do the other deep dungeons, but if they say that the next deep dungeon has the ability to have a blue maged mode, you know, just as like, yeah, okay, blue mages, we get you. We, we know you want to play this content. Here is the special version of the, the right. deep dungeon that you can play right. in if Still you want to. Yeah, it's the carnival, baby. And we're sure. gonna use this all to get, we're gonna we're gonna take all of these things that are somewhat off on their own. We've kind of experimented on them. We're iterating them like a deck of cards and all of a sudden we have this almost perfect, near perfect piece of content that literally just is like, you wanna play in a, in a, in a curated way? Boom. You wanna break this thing and just go nuts? Here you go. You know, I think that would be truly, truly, truly uh, interesting, et cetera. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, now Puppet Master and Beastmaster. And all of a sudden you have a kind of an on-ramp to be able to do a lot of things where a, a lot of people, are, when you look at like, what job do they really add next to the game? There's a handful of things that people might like as a theme, but in terms of like actual skills and, and, and the current battle system, I think the limited actually opens up the game to be way more interesting in terms of its battle content much like they did with pvp like it just opens up the game to be way more what it is as a part of its uh, pve cycle what do you think i mean i i think open world content feels um really disjointed with how good the game can feel in the instance content this time around um I would love a job that was, I would love a job or a change to the job system, the existing jobs that allowed my, uh, my classes to feel more fantastical when I'm out just doing tribal dailies, when I'm out just doing solo hunts, treasure maps in the open world portion, uh, grinding fates. Um, so if that's a limited job, that would be fine. I think right now the limited job is synonymous with blue mage. It'd be like, if we only had paladins and people like, I don't like tanking. Do you not like tanking or do you not like paladin? Like we don't know until you go in and you say, okay, now there's warrior. Now there's gunbreaker. Now there's dark knight. Oh, I just don't like paladin. That's fine. Um, and so I think adding variety to what the limited job system is, will tell us like, what is a limited job versus what is a blue mage? Cause right now there's no way to separate those. Um, and it would be neat to see that added, regardless what it is. Um, you know, I think people have asked for Alchemist over the years, and there is some logic within kind of Gentleman Zombie within uh, that stuff to say, like, well, maybe there's some lost Belladeal, uh, Belladean um, alchemy uh, as we oh, look dude. to the conflict yeah. between the Sildene and Uldah. So there's some lore. Like, I've always thought that was kind of a weird job. Like, we have Alchemist as a crafter. Like, what would that even look like? But, you know, now that we've learned a little more about that stuff as i finally like start to go do hildebrand lore and all that you could do i mean there's all sorts of themes you could do puppet master would be a blast beast master would be a blast um beast master if you're off collecting you know now that we've been places in 6.0 that show us kind of the historic versions now that we've seen that carbuncle used to have a more dangerous form beast master could be really cool if you got to kind of travel through time and space and go track down these ancient historic mm-hmm. versions of these beasts um and kind of have those especially if we had this sort of like island that we could keep them in a sanctuary and raise them uh and so like there's a lot of there's a lot of groundwork laid for a second limited job i just don't know that we'll actually get one if we did i would announce it at fan fest if it were me i would do it just like the last one where it's just part of the hype cycle and it's just kind of it they it acted in a way as our return event world of warcraft has this big returners event that feels really special to be a part of going into an expansion so it helps reward the hype cycle you're like oh i want to be back what are we doing here and it's like oh yeah yeah we're doing this return stuff okay very cool and so i think blue mage acted as that it was this thing like hey we're all excited to be logged in what do we do oh we go grind blue mage and so i think having a second limited job would be a really fun way to bring us into 7.0 um i think next fan fest could easily be looking at like next summer um yeah that is actually a ways out do you think that they uh, they they target FanFest to be on the ten year or around the ten year anniversary of oh. ARR? 
man screw you eu and jp na gets to celebrate the anniversary um the math is all terrible. summer it could be all summer what, what, what's the uh, math on it i'll let you pull that up because all right all right so yeah. the math gets really goofy as soon as you look out more than a half patch because mm -hmm. any guess you have that's wrong ripples into all your other guesses right so if you're late on one you're late on all of them if you're early on one you're early on all of them but um over here on the twitch side i have this pulled up so my guess is i put a specific date but really i should be guessing a range um I think 6.3 releases early next year. Um, I put January 10th, could be earlier. I don't think they slide 6.3 into this year, which pushes 6.4 yeah. immediately out to spring, maybe early summer. Um, so I guessed May. That would slide FanFest to July. There is nothing stopping them from kicking that out to the anniversary. Right. That puts us in 6.5 sometime in the fall, sometime around now to maybe two or three months from now obviously the, the date ranges get longer and longer the further out you go um, i guess the first week in october but these dates will continue to get updated as we move on and then uh i think jp will be the second fan fest i think it's their turn um and that'll put them in the half patch at the end of next year and then move into eu and 7.0 in early of 24. um but i mean maybe they accelerate that schedule maybe they slow it down um and so sliding that to the anniversary is incredibly intriguing. Uh, I really hadn't thought of that. I mean, it could um, be that they kick it off, you know, in that regards, because it isn't just one fan fest. It ends up being kind of three. And so that would mean that we would actually, if they start to do that, we would start hearing about a fan fest probably this fall, especially if they go in a physical way, which I really want them to have a physical fan fest not because like literally to the point where like i don't know how y'all's couple years have been but to the point where like i would probably be like oh there's announcements happening like i would be more interested like if everybody's going to the announcements then i will go but i would be fine parking my <laughs> parking myself with an with a couple of drinks and literally just hanging out with everybody just to have that physical social like we're we did it and then like oh tell me what i missed i'll watch it later on youtube <laughs> Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it'd be San Diego again. I think that I think the intent to move to San Diego. I don't think that's changed. I think they moved to San Diego because it gave them greater, greater control over the venue and it gave them a venue that had more seats. Um, and so I think there was a value there and it made it easier to organize because it is closer to their LA studios. They didn't say any of those reasons. Those are my guesses. Um, and so I think I think all those reasons stay true. Now that you've missed a fan fest, it, there's even more uh, pressure for this one to be really great. Uh, so if there is a fan fest this time around that's physical, I think it's San Diego all over again. Um, and I would absolutely love to be in San Diego, whether or not I get tickets. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, whether or not I get tickets. We don't have tickets. I'm going to be there. If we don't get tickets, I would say don't do a hotel room on site. Go do a VRBO so that we can have like a TV and watch the big digital and have like a watch party like you would for. How do we have to say it on online? We have to call it the big game in February. The big game. The big game. Uh, the, yeah. big, the big game. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, I would love to make it more of a watch party and do that. Um, that would be really fun. Um, digital tickets are free, so it doesn't matter yeah, where you end up. Exactly. So, I don't know. Uh, does Final Fantasy 16 impact any of that? No. Final Fantasy 16 doesn't impact it. Final Fantasy 11 doesn't impact any of it. None of my schedule impacts for that. Um, recent interviews have, have confirmed what many of us suspected, that Yoshi P has had so many resources um, pulled off to 16 for so long now that when people are like, oh my gosh, now that we're hearing of all these resources being drained from 14, is it going to fall behind? And he's like, yeah, except that I pulled those off four years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and so 14 has been running steadily. So instead of announcing the moment he pulled off the resources so that we could all speculate, he pulled off the resources, let things run as normal, went through some, what has been some incredible content cycles, and then revealed to us, by the way, You've been on what you guys were confirmed, what were concerned was um, maybe a less capable team. And now the proof is in the pudding, right? Like we've already got, we've got proof that this team is more than capable of blowing our minds um, with Shadowbringers and Endwalker both being entirely already with the 16 team in full force. Yeah, and I think that kind of ties into the, you know, actions speak louder than words as opposed to like letting people know and then, oh, no, like, you know, like we could all kind of speculate in that regards, but it's like, all right, let's just show up and do the work and not sit here and be like, give anybody any reason um, to be uh, frustrated. But uh, Farmer Girl gifting out some more subs over on Twitch as well. So thank you, Farmer Girl, for that support. Uh, guys, if you aren't following over on uh, Twitch, uh, Chris streams right now, Monday through Friday, you've got a big uh, break coming up. Uh, so why don't we just kind of run down the the current schedule that we're looking at for uh, September? If you guys want to uh, and find a way to kind of support you and what you do, um, yeah, man, what's so, going on? 
Uh, every other week, I cover more lore uh, for my first time as a longtime story skipper. I am in Heavensward content. I did the Dark Knight stuff for the first time last week. All of that gets pushed over to gaming lore, kind of, if anybody wants to see a particular moment and misses it. Um, just kind of like a uh, Chris cuts those down to more like TV episodic links and pushes uh, links and pushes those over so you don't have to go try to scrub through a bunch of old streams. Um, and then uh, the in-between weeks, I've been playing Guild Wars, WoW, uh, and 14 i'd love to add more games to that as i get those a little more like what feels like caught up in like a current player because i just haven't played this much um even as a full-time content creator i really haven't emphasized this much of on game time and so i've gotten a lot done as i try to move into the top thousand ranked players on my server in all three games uh for total number of achievements total amount of game cleared uh and so I'm, i've been moving through that uh i'm really close on 14 um for top thousand on Sargatanis. And so I, I think I can get there if I just push a little bit harder. And uh, those have been Monday through Friday. I start at like 8 a.m. And that is because I'm trying to uh, get as much time in as possible before I take the last week off. So I think I'm gonna piece out that Friday and kind of get the house clean and all that. And my wife and I have been married 10 years this year and we've had a hard time with uh, her getting time off work because she took a new job this year and it's been slammed. And so the last week of September is the week that she, they said, yeah, yeah, we won't be busy then. As it's gotten closer, they're like, oh my God, you're not really gone, are you? Uh, and we're like, no, 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 please. We we set this out way in the future. And I think it was really easy for everybody to agree to. Like, yeah, yeah, September, that, that'll be fine. Oh my God, that's now. Uh, and so they they are starting to regret that. Uh, I think they're, they're starting to, they're a smaller company. So I think having any member of the team out for a full week is hard. Um, so hopefully we'll get to enjoy some time together and uh i won't be streaming that week so but brian you've been streaming a lot as well yeah so you guys can catch me over on twitch i actually been doing monday nights and i still do my fridays so uh fridays have, have had a couple different start times namely with me ending up in the er this last uh, last thursday night i started a Old little late gun. on friday <laughs> i was like oh my gosh started a little bit late on friday in and of itself but we had a good time regardless i was a little bit uh you know a little bit doped up on uh, on some coding so some really funny moments if you guys want to go catch out that but i don't know if anybody clipped anything but uh, if they did i'll have to go back and try to make some shorts because some some good fun times have been had um and then right now mondays and then uh typically i'd usually do my uh open mics on mondays and been doing some more uh you know comedy showcases etc uh but for some september here we're working on uh on monday nights and then occasionally last week it was like monday and tuesday this week it might be a monday and a thursday it really just depends on what julie has what committee she's currently on uh what night she's like yeah go stream because i'm not even going to be here and the kids go to bed so um i'm trying to also get a couple more evenings in where we're doing like uh, last tuesday we did our weekly uh clears actually actually i got delayed to thursday uh because my sub expired and then uh, many people within the community has really helped to uh, stepped up and, and helped me out uh, in terms of uh, getting my sub turned back on for 14. Cause I was like, all right, I looked in PayPal and I was like, we haven't got paid from Twitch yet. All right. I guess I have to wait. So, nope, we have not. So we have not. So it's like, we do appreciate y'all's support. So whether you're uh, subbed over on Twitch, whether you're over here as a member on the work to game or supporting us individually over gaming kind of and ginger prime, we thank you guys so much for that, uh, that support and uh, helping kind of steady the waters a bit because ad revenue is such a weird thing. I don't know if you follow any other content creators, but I'm sure they were all like the bigger ones were fine, but they were still sweating a little bit, especially they have teams. Cause it was like, I was talking with ACGs like, Holy crap, dude. Like, it's like, you usually can expect this like in your low end. And like this summer was just like nothing. Nobody's got like ad, ad money was just like absolutely in the, in the, in the, in the trash. So um, yeah, I have those... a buddy that uh, he has he has multiple employees. He runs several large channels, and he has like there's like ten of them. Yeah, and uh, he's been he ran negative balances through basically all spring of this year, uh, which means you're just pulling from savings, which is why it's there. But you're just watching that number. Yeah, um, it never so feels good to draw down from that. And so we had just... to like I had to like I've had some contracts continue to be put on hold. So all of a sudden <laughs> I was like, when I looked at the numbers, I was like, oh man, I'm putting all this time into, into content creation. I was like. I love thank it. For Twitch. Thank, thank Twitch for has Twitch. been much better this year. Yeah, Twitch is actually, it's so funny to talk about how people are just like dogging on it. And it's like, it's actually doing a little bit better than it ever has for us. So Last like, year we're like, yeah, yeah, we're YouTubers. We Twitch sometimes. And this year I'm like, YouTube who? Uh, <laughs> 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 <God. laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, for those of you who, who do and uh, support us financially, thank you so much. For those of you who are also here watching these videos, liking these videos, uh, hanging out on the live stream, that is support. So just never feel like there's a, a tier system. We recognize that uh, y'all being here uh, is, is huge uh, in what we do and how we can make the content that we make. So again, thank you guys uh, from both Chris and I, Mono Heart. Thank you also for uh, Farmer Girl, for Phil, uh, for Fluffy. Uh, y'all have also given out some massive massive support these the in the last uh you know 48 to you know 72 hours um and that's just uh we, we cannot you know thank you guys enough for like being as generous as you are so chris why don't you uh why don't you uh, any final thoughts and then we'll we'll wrap up uh the show and let you get back to uh, all your lore stuff that you're working on today uh no lore week was last week this oh, okay. week uh guild wars mondays we've been working towards a dragon uh dragon scale so that's been a really fun journey uh, so long stream ahead of us, and uh, we'll be in Final Fantasy Tuesday, Thursday, Friday this week, and World of Warcraft on Wednesday. I might move Fridays to be in Variety. I don't know. Right. Um, but been having yeah, a I'd ton of fun. I'd love to get you back on some New World, just to, so that way at some Honestly, point you get like, to that. I was thinking true Variety, not just an MMO oh. player playing another MMO. Um, I had oh. a lot of fun in Game Pass this weekend. Yeah. Like a lot of fun. And I love that you just switch games. Yeah. Um, now, I will say that's biased because that's Game Pass with fiber. And so when you decide to switch games, <laughs> it's like, why don't you go get a drink of water? It'll be done when you get back. Yeah. Um, so there is a there is a <laughs> that might take a little more foresight. We might with uh, with limited hard drive space and not fiber. Um, so that's that's the benefit of living in an urban area. I can hear traffic at night, but I have really good Internet. Uh, so, guys, I'm going to go get back to streaming. And then uh, Brian and I are hopefully doing more of these collabs as often as he does not have infected teeth. So mm. uh, that is that is kind of how we're setting our schedule right now. We just say, does Brian have infected tooth? If no, then record. Uh, and so that's been the joy. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for getting all those subs out. And uh, it's good to see you guys. All right. So with that, guys, this has been the Crystal Core Radio Podcast, bringing in a new live content over on Twitch and on YouTube. Uh, thank you, Twitch, for making those adjustments so we can bring these back to you. If you're listening to the audio MP3 version, be sure to give it a rating, and hopefully we'll see you in the next live stream and or MP3 and or video. Till then, take care. <laughs>